welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. It's pretty cool to be part of church. Hey, uh, we're having a little bit of trouble with the screen, so I hope some of my... um scriptures come up, but if they don't, just bear with us as we go through. But I've titled this message, God's Kids. Everyone say God's Kids. Put it together. God's Kids. Um, As I was preparing for today, I I was sort of thinking what to share. I know it's Father's Day. Um, Pastor Byron spoke a good message this morning about the Father's heart and the Father's love, which was awesome. But I wanted to take it from a different point of view today and remind us that we're all God's kids And then our identity is found in that. So my goal of what I'm about to share tonight is that you would leave knowing you're children of God and my identity is found in that so I can walk out this door confident and whole, not because of ourselves, but because of what he has done and is doing in and through us. Amen? You know where I'm going? So why don't you turn with me in your Bibles? If not, we'll see if it's on the screen. Romans 8 verse 12 says this. Romans 8 12. Therefore... Brothers and sisters, everyone say brothers and sisters. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Everyone go, oh, that got heavy, didn't it? But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Adoption to sonship. I'll come back to these in a moment. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Who likes the sound of that? No, no one? Okay. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Here's the heavy bit at the end, just to finish it off nicely. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. God, I pray over this message tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that something that I speak, Lord, as we open your word, God, I pray, Lord, that as we read it, it would read us. God, I pray, Lord, that this word, Lord, that you've given me, God, I just pray, Lord, that it would be a word in season for each one of us tonight, and we would receive something fresh from you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I've got four things tonight, four things that God's kids are. You ready? Number one, God's kids are led by the Spirit. It said that at the start there, didn't it? For those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. I think sometimes in life it's easy to be led by a lot of things. Would you agree? But led by the Spirit? That's different. You see, we are children of God. You see, we're born of sons of Adams, but son of Adams, but we're reborn into a new life in Christ. So we are sons and daughters of God. You see, this son of God is an interesting interesting phrase. It means like. Son of is like like or of or, or from God. And I know that. I always get paid out by my dad. He's not here tonight, so I've got free reign. Like, literally, they're in Rockhampton. That's like 700 kilometers away. You'll tell him, Lincoln will tell him. So I've just got free reign. Normally, they're sitting here in service, but they're not. Dad goes to me yesterday as we're having Father's Day lunch. 
what a nice man my father is. He goes, son, you're finally getting that fat head like me. I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. I think that's a compliment in a very good disguise. What does that mean? He's like, no, you know, you're finally, you know, putting on some weight and you're getting a fat head like me. I'm so proud. And I'm like, thanks, I guess. I'm not sure if that's something to say thank you for. A fat head, Pastor Byron. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. You know, there was a time in my life where I was like, I'm nothing like my dad. I'm nothing like my dad. But it's funny, when I become a dad, all I want is Jethro to be like me. And I'm like so proud that the fact that he would be anything like me, flawed and all. What am I saying is there's no greater privilege, there's no greater flattery than imitation, is there? Do you know what? I believe it makes God's heart so happy and so proud when we go, hey, you look like your heavenly father there. Hey, there's glimpses of me in you, that way old Caleb would have blown up in anger or rage, but what, you were gracious and you were loving? Hey, you got that from me. That's what our heavenly dad is like, and we are so privileged to be led by the Spirit. But being led by the Spirit, it's a decision. Because it's almost like, I don't know, but I don't want to be like that all the time. Does anyone experience this? The way we live dictates our likeness to God. The question really is, can you see him in me? If we're led by the Spirit, it says we are no longer slaves. You are not a slave. Slaves don't get to choose what they do, we do. We get to choose what we do, and are we choosing to be more like Christ or more like our world? Romans 7, 19 says this, For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Paul, he's running and said, hey, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do do is what I don't want to do. And he's got this inward battle, this, this stress or this living by the Spirit or living by the flesh would be another way to do it. Can I encourage us? God's kids are led by the Spirit. You know what's cool about being led by the Spirit? It's a new decision right now. Hey, God, I, yeah, I stuffed up. We all have. No, but God, you know what? I'm going to step back in and I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to follow your leading and prompting again in this moment. There is therefore, now what? No condemnation. There's no, no one is condemning you for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we're led by the Spirit, there's no condemnation. It's like we're those non-stick pants, and I don't mean the cheap ones. You know the ones I'm talking about? Man, these non-stick pans that we have in my house, I'm not sure what it's like in your house, but everything sticks to our non-stick pans. Does anyone else do that? I know whether I'm using metal utensils, I'm using the wrong thing, I don't know if I'm doing it wrong, but it's like in, this, in God, we, we, we're non-stick. It's like when the enemy comes and condemns us, or we condemn ourselves, and we say, no, 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 God, don't you remember I did that, I stuffed up here? It's like it doesn't stick anymore, because there's no condemnation when we're in Christ Jesus. Someone needs to know, like, hey, when you're led by the Spirit, that past, it can slip away. It's gone, man. It's not crusty and stuck on the side of the pan any longer. You don't need to put it through ten times through the dishwasher. No, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Like, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I encourage us tonight? Let's be led by the Spirit. And, and I'm not saying that it's, it doesn't have to be some out there super spiritual thing. It's as simple as saying, hey, is that my flesh? Is that me that wants to do that, God, or is that you? Generally, I'll know which ones are me because one is like, have a nap, chill out, 
do something for yourself, go off in anger because you have the right, because someone wronged you, slats. Well, Christ is like, hey, (laughs) be gracious, be selfless. You know, it's pretty obvious in my life which one's me and which one's God. If we are led by the Spirit, we do not live in fear. That's what it says in Romans. What? We don't live in fear? I kind of pictured a little bit of this in my childhood. Who here has a big brother? Anyone have a big brother? Pretty cool, eh? I got to go to school with my big brother, and he was only one year older than me. Like, so through primary school, we literally lived at the end of my street. It was a small town, yes. Everything was at the end of the street, yes. All jokes, laugh right now, very funny. But my primary school was the end of my street, and the cool thing was is that if anyone wanted to pick on me, like, you think I'm skinny now? You should have seen me then. Like, man, this is, oh, sorry. I've got to bring the young people's script. Pick on is like, Back in the day, bullying was cool. I know that sounds weird to you, but people used to pay people out in real life, not online. Like, how crazy is this? And they didn't do it with a keyboard, but they did it with, like, words and fists. Like, this is crazy, right? This is the olden days when bullying was cool. And if someone would pick on me, it would be like, my big brother would be like, what? They did what? And all of a sudden, I walked around as the most confident kid in school, not because of my fighting ability, not because I was anything, but because my big brother was there. Can anyone know what I'm talking about? Imagine what it would be like if we were fully led by the Spirit, that we didn't have to live in fear because we knew who our Heavenly Father was. We are God's kids. So nowadays, Jethro doesn't have a big brother, but do you know what I do? I walk into his school with him. <laughs> and this, what I'm going to say now, please don't use against me in any form. <laughs> I'm not recommending this, parent, this parenting strategy, but I walk in there, I'm like, right, Jethro, which kids do I need to bash up today? Has anyone been picking on you? And like we kind of go, and he's like, don't, Dad, don't. And he gets real embarrassed. And, you know, as a dad, when your kids are embarrassed about something, it's your obligation to continue to do that. So I'm like waiting for him after school. It's like, is that girl giving you a hard time? But I can just put her on the knuckle right now. Like, it's like, <laughs> and this is terrible parenting, right? I'm talking about grade two kids. But, but what he walks around is he knows that, you know what? Man, this confidence that it's built in him, when being deliberate, hey, when we know who our dad is, when we know that we're God's kids, we don't have to live in fear. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Not my perfect love, but his perfect love casts out fear. You don't need to live in fear. You need to be led by the Spirit. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, what casts out fear? Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The second thing, the first thing, God's kids are led by the Spirit. The second thing is God's kids are chosen. Do you know that you're chosen? You are chosen. Like, and this is what I love about the gospel is that you're not just here by mistake. I'm sorry. The Bible says that you were knitted together in your mother's womb. It's like life is more than just this cosmic accident. You are more than that. You are chosen by Him. It says in there too this idea of adoption. Let me go up and read it. I I love what it says in Romans 8 there. It says, um, rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or to son and daughtership. Adoption. Do you know that adoption is next level love? Can I get an amen to that? Has anyone in the room adopted a child before? Like that is pretty full on. Like that is next level love. Um, 
You see, and, and Paul was a Roman, right? We got that? Paul was a Roman Jew. And um, adoption in the Roman culture, it, it, it signified a few things. It signified this. You lost all your rights to your old family. Okay, so when you're adopted into your new family, all the rights of that old way, gone. The other thing that it did is that you gained all the rights of your new family. I know this sounds very simple, but you've got to understand it. And not just all the rights, but you became a full heir. So all of a sudden, then, you've got an adopted kid that comes in the family that has full rights, everything. Like Pastor Byron spoke about this morning about the prodigal son that he come home and that they put a ring on his finger and a robe on him and sand on his feet, all these things. Full rights. So what does that mean, Slats? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. You've lost all rights to your old family. That flesh that we're talking about, it has no right. You have no right to live in that anymore. But under this new adoption through Christ, that when we said yes to his unending, unmerited favor and love, we come under this new covenant where we are heirs, like full heirs, where not only are we blessed now, but we're blessed then as well. This is why it says we cry out in in, um, verse 15 there, it says, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Remember that band? No, that's not what it's talking about. That's before my time, and I shouldn't know that, but I was punished as a kid by listening to my parents' music. Can anyone else say amen to that? (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Dan feels my pain wherever he is. Abba is this term, and it means like daddy, like, or dad. Like, I don't really use the term daddy. Like, that sounds a bit weird to me, but hey, hey, dad. It speaks of this closeness and this relationship that I have confidence that I can go to my heavenly father and say, hey, dad, I've stuffed up. Dad, I need your help. Dad, I don't know where to go from here. This is similar to the language Jesus used when he taught us how to pray in Matthew 6. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray our father. Our father. I was talking to Ian Pike not not long ago about this, but our father. Do you know that if you're God's kids? You're chosen. <laughs> We're led by the Spirit, not by our flesh. You know that his, our Father? I have no problem asking my dad for things. Do you know why? Because he's my dad. Anyone else like that? Jethro, honey, seriously, honey, she has no problem asking me for things. Does every parent know what that's like? Amen. 5,000 times a day. 365 days a year, whether it's 3 a.m. in the morning, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Like, seriously, last night, what did she need, babe? Like, she decided that she wanted to keep us awake this morning from 3 till 4 a.m. Because she can. (laughs) Do you know what's so good about that? I love nothing. He said nothing. Amen to whoever said that. That was at you, Kelly. I appreciate that. But do you know what? Do you know how much it changes my love for her? Zero. It doesn't change my love for her one bit. Do you know that our Heavenly Father wants us to ask Him for things? He wants us to come to Him, the very fact that we would come to Him. And I love it when my kids come to me and need help or are going through something. 
It's like a moment that dads or parents were made for. Our Father. I love how it speaks of the closeness. If we're God's kids, we've got to understand that God's not out there somewhere. No, no, He's close. He's near. He cares. I'm moving on. First thing. What was it? God's kids are led by the Spirit. Number two, God's kids are chosen. Number three, God's kids are privileged. Do you know the privileged opportunity that we have? Privilege kind of has like a negative undertone, especially in Aussie culture, would you agree? We kind of have this tall poppy syndrome, so, oh, he's one of those privileged. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this in a negative, I'm talking about this from a positive point of view. Literally, God through Christ overcame the world. And we're his kids through adoption, not because he accidentally had kids with someone that he didn't know. No, 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 because he chose us. We're privileged. You see, we've gained all rights to this new family and we're privileged because he gave us his son, as we know. He gave us his spirit. He gave us forgiveness and eternal life. We're chosen. You are chosen. Our heavenly father chose you. But the question is, is with this place of privilege, what do we do? I think we've all heard about it, and this is why that idea of someone being privileged has a negative undertone to it, because with all they've got, they did what? Nothing. Because they didn't have to work for it, they didn't have to earn it, they, they don't know the value of, you know, whether it's resources, earthly resources, or whatever it is, that's what it's like to be privileged, and that has a negative connotation, but flip it around. Man, if we realize how privileged we are to be sons and daughters of God... I love Jaden did an item this morning in the song and it was this beautiful blessing, Father's Blessing song. But one of the lines that got me is that he said that um, it was like this, almost like this prayer over their kids. And, and they were saying that, let our, our ceiling be your floor or something like this. And it was like, yes, that's it. You know what I mean? It's like we want our generations to get better. We want us, our biggest dreams to be normal for our kids. We want the relationship and the knowledge of God that we found to be baseline for them and they can build on what we set up. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's strength in this. We are chosen. Why are we chosen? I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? God, God, why me? I didn't deserve this. I was simply just brought into this family and I was exposed to things and had an opportunity to respond to your goodness. As I think that anyone would in my situation having been revealed your goodness and your grace. It kind of reminds me of the parable of the wedding banquet in Matthew 22 how the invites were sent out and no one responded and they end up just bringing in anyone. I sort of feel like sometimes I'm just that anybody where I'm pinching myself going, God, why me? Like, this is crazy, God. How, how did I get in here? Why, why me? Has anyone felt like that? You see, everyone has an opportunity of an invitation, but it's those that respond and say, yeah, you know what? I'll come. I'll come. Church, would we do something with our privileged position? Would we build for generations to come? God's kids know the value of the privileged position that we hold. Number four, God's kids are responsible. That's a random one, Slats. I thought these were all good things. 
Well, when we read on this parable that I was just talking about in Matthew 22, they're the parable of the banquet. It's like the story takes a nasty turn. Has anyone read this parable? Who knows? Come on. I need some feedback here. Anyone? I'll take anything. And there's this guy, when the master of the banquet comes in, and, and there's this guy who's not wearing the right clothes. Nudge a person beside you if that's them not wearing the right clothes. Oh, that's awkward. It's not a good joke. I don't know where that came from. But the wedding, this guy wasn't dressed right at the wedding, so he gets kicked out. This position that we have comes with great responsibility. You see, we've lost all rights to that old family. So that when we come into this new family, when we come into this new celebration, this new way of living, this banquet party, so to speak, our old rights are gone. I don't have the right to live how Slats used to anymore under this new relationship of son or as daughter of God. You don't have the right anymore. We've lost our rights to that. That means that the enemy, and we need to remind the enemy that our addiction's broken no longer hold the strength over us anymore. That the destructive patterns, gone. They end with me. I'm not going to repeat that in the generations to come. That I'm not living according to the flesh, but I am led by the Spirit. I am responsible to live God's way. How quirky are kids? Who thinks kids are quirky? I think kids are quirky. Um, And it's cool when it's your kids. Because you're like, man, I was the same. Has anyone seen that? And I think parents or dads in particular, they get to this moment in life where they realize that I don't care what people think as much as I used to. Has anyone experienced that? And what a, it's like, if only we could have got there 25 years earlier, the confidence that we would have walked around in life, we could have been something. We could have done something with our lives. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like, wait a minute. Why have I been so concerned about your opinion, you know? And then all dads take that responsibility on themselves to put our kids in situations where they're embarrassed or or where they realize that their confidence isn't in what they look like or what they wear, the school they go to or the home they grew up in, but it's in who they are. Um, What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. As a dad, we're proud of our kids and we do anything that we can to set them up for a win. Do you know about our Heavenly Father? Does everything he can in his power because he is so proud of you and he wants to set you up for a win. I'm so proud. Like there's moments where I remember as a kid, like dad's jokes, lame. Like seriously, lame. Like what are you on dad? That is so, what are you thinking? Now I catch the words coming out of my own mouth to Jethro, the same exact jokes. And I'm actually half snickering under my breath at them and I I can't pull them out. And and he's given me that exact look that I gave to my dad 25 years earlier going, what are you on? Like, is that the best you've got? What am I trying to say? Is I'm like my dad. I can't help it because I've spent so much time with him. These mannerisms, these way of living, they naturally just come out. Is that like us with our heavenly father? Have we spent so much time in proximity and closeness to Him that these sayings just naturally come out? That the mannerisms, that the way our God reacts to things, that that's naturally how we react, not in the flesh, but because we're led by the Spirit? And it's almost like, oops, I was too gracious. 
Oops, <laughs> that person didn't deserve me to be that good to them. Oops, that's just like my dad. I remember my heavenly dad doing that to me. That's what it means to be a son or a daughter. That's what it means to be God's kids. In verse 17 there, it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's pretty cool. Because there's an inheritance. Do you know that? Life is more than here and now. I am fully convinced that the best way to live in this life is to live for God. And I am fully convinced that after this life, beyond here and now, it says, and I'm about to read it, that we share in His glory. It says this in verse 17, it says, Now if we're children of God, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His suffering, in order that we may also share in His glory. This is the best way to live now. This is going to be the best way to live then. In His glory. Suffering. The last two Sunday night messages, we've heard about suffering and adversity. Who's pumped up after that? You, someone. Not me. We aren't promised a hassle-free life here and now, but we are promised to share in His glory to come. Can I encourage us? God's kids know the responsibility that they carry and that makes us resilient. It makes us be able to go through the troubles and the situations because we know this isn't the end. We know the end of the story. This isn't it anymore. That diagnosis doesn't destroy my faith anymore because I trust God over this life more than here and now. John 16, 33 says this, I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tea rubble. Is that someone? No, you, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You are privileged, church. If we're led by the Spirit, we understand that we're chosen, we're privileged and responsible. That's what it means to be a child of God. But where to from here? I'll tell you where to from here. If you're already in relationship with God, can I encourage you to keep going? Let this decision tonight in your heart say, hey, Slats, you know what? I've gotten a bit cold. I've been going through the motions a little bit. You know what? I want to be led by the Spirit. Those thinking, they're from my old family line. They're not from my new family line in Christ. You know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, you know what? No, I'm part of God's family now. So that old stuff, that's me knocking at my door. It's not coming back anymore. God, I'm led by the Spirit. Second type of people is maybe you're here and maybe you've never said yes to God. Maybe you're here and maybe you've never said yes to the love of God and the forgiveness that we have access through through Christ Jesus our Lord. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond tonight. But just to give the person beside you privacy, I wonder if we could bow our heads for a moment and close our eyes. I won't labor this point, but if you're here tonight 
and you want to say, Caleb, that's me. I want to know what it's like to be a God's kid. I want to know what it's like to receive his love and his forgiveness. I want to know what it's like to have my past separated from me and a brand new start tonight. If that's you, I wonder if you could just raise your hand in this moment. I'll see your hand and then I'll love an opportunity to pray for you. Are you here tonight? Say, Slats, that's me. Raise your hand and I'll include you in this prayer. Awesome, bro. I see that hand. Thank you. Fantastic. You can put it down now. I appreciate that. Is there anyone else here that says, yes, Slats, that's me. Include me in this prayer before we move on. Fantastic. Cool. Let's pray. Can we stand to our feet? I'm going to need your help here, Jasmine. Bro, do you want to come down the front? I know you put your hand down. I don't want to embarrass you, but come on down the front. I'd love to pray with you. You can come down too, Jasmine, if you want to moral support. Um, that's pretty special. Um, cool, brother. Um, why don't we pray a prayer and recommit our heart to God together, hey? Church, we're going to pray this together. You're going to pray it with me. We ready? Dear God, tonight I open up my life and I ask you to come in. Forgive me of my sin. Change my future. I want to know what it's like to be God's kid. From this day forward, lead and guide me. Let this be my brand new start. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. That's pretty cool, team. Um, oh, do you want to head over with Nedra, actually? Jasmine, why don't you head over with Nedra, bro? Nedra will just give you a Bible, anything you need, bro. Go with Nedra. Sorry, I'm normally used to throwing to my wife, Kim, but she's coming up now to MC, so I was a bit lost there. Why don't you? Over to you, babe. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.